We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. This one is over. The Suns get the win over the L.A. Clippers. They eliminate the Clippers. And I have to tell you this. For the third time in my NBA broadcasting career, I have the opportunity to say the Suns are going to the NBA Finals. The Suns have an opportunity to be the kings of all of pro basketball. The Phoenix Suns. Our Phoenix Suns. (laughs) Never in doubt. Are now... In the 2021 NBA Finals, welcome to the timeline of Phoenix Suns Podcast. My name is Mike. I'm here with Sam. Sam, how are you doing? 1976, 1993, yeah. 2021. I'm doing great, Mike. It's insane. I'm doing great. Here we are. Here we are. It's past midnight, East Coast time. I have to go to bed yeah. after we do this. I don't know how that <laughs> fuck that's going to happen. Um, a <laughs> night that will go down in Suns history, a year that will go down in Suns history that Suns fans will always remember alongside those other two years. No matter what happens next, there's plenty of work to be done. But we just witnessed a legendary performance, and it all starts with Chris Paul. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I kept saying it over and over and over again. The Suns needed their two best players to make shots because of the way the Clippers played defense, and boy, did they. Chris Paul... In L.A., a place that he's played more than anywhere else in his career, just absolutely took it to the Clippers in a way that, I mean, he hadn't done since the Nuggets series when he did that to the Nuggets for for a few games in a row. I would say that he's back now, right? (laughs) He looks better. After the game, I don't know if you saw this, he said he got an MRI on his wrist yesterday. Uh, to make sure there wasn't, I guess he had a wrist problem, always, and then he went seven for eight from three. Always stuff going on with these guys that you don't know behind the scenes. But the fact that some of you doubted this guy, some of you doubted this guy after the last few games, and 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 I'll be honest, I did not expect forty-one points, eight assists on sixteen of twenty-four shooting in a closeout game. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't expect yeah. that from Chris Paul tonight. But yeah, I mean, what is there to say? <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope there's more than that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm struggling here to gather my thoughts a little bit because it's just like Jesus. I mean, that he was he was perfect. He was perfect. That's really all there is to say about his. If we're just talking his performance tonight, I know the playoffs have been up and down. I mean, I guess there was a a, a, a catharsis. Not just like forget the game for a second, but there was just a catharsis. We had to wait. Like usually we record right after the final buzzer, five yeah. seconds after, thirty seconds after. We had to wait and just watch all the interviews this time because yeah. there was a catharsis in watching Chris Paul the way he interacted with his teammates, the way he cut off Rachel Nichols in in uh, mm-hmm. the initial interview to be like, "I want to go hang out with my teammates," and then mm-hmm. obviously talk to her a couple minutes later. It means so much. This guy wanted this badly. And now he's finally here. He sees the moment. He needed to prove that he could do it. And now he's here. He's got one more round. One more round. But this is a legacy-defining moment for Chris Paul. Can I just point out the absurdity of Rachel Nichols being there? Uh, <laughs> when they when they celebrate this, it, it's a very uh, she-doesn't-even-go-here moment. Like, you're yeah, just like, looking around like, what? Well, what is she doing here? This is... Uh, this is <laughs> That's a great point. This is a, a joyous <laughs> night of celebration. I'm not trying to have too many people catch strays here, but I did think it was funny. Uh, Robert Sarver being the guy to kind of take the mic. He's the owner. Yeah, He's the yeah. owner. That always but being, happens. being the first guy to speak, um, there were other people I wanted to hear from. I wanted to hear from James Jones and Monty Williams, man. Two guys who reset the culture in Phoenix successfully. And just, ha- I, I, I like, you know, I don't think they've been given enough credit still to this date. I don't think people talk about them enough. Certainly not James Jones. Yeah. Certainly not James Jones. Some of the narratives we still get written uh written out there. It was just nice to see a James Jones appearance yeah. tonight. I saw him talking to campaign, celebrating with campaign. I don't know what the two of them were saying to each other, but Champ. Champ. If if you if you want an angle right there, you're a national writer out there, you want something to write about I feel like there are still a lot of storylines with this team that here we are, it's July, we're in the finals, and there are still a lot of things left to be said about the Phoenix Suns this year. Yeah. James Jones is just one of those. He's just one of those. Three years ago, DeAndre Ayton was drafted. The next day, you and I recorded the very first episode of this podcast. <laughs> Excited. It was it was called Episode 1, A New Hope. Obvious, obvious Star Wars joke there, but there was a new hope in Phoenix. The idea of the number one overall pick now playing for the Suns, Devin Booker potentially having a teammate. I should say, by the way, DeAndre Ayton and Mikel Bridges were drafted. But Devin Booker finally having a teammate that could match his star power. The Suns then won 19 games that season, and we recorded a podcast every single week, uh, including a retrospective podcast on the last time the Suns made the finals, which was in 2000, I'm sorry, made the playoffs, which was in 2010, a 10-year playoff drought. It was kind of a bad year for the Suns. They ended up getting the sixth overall pick after that. And then, of course, that was traded for Dario Saric and Cam Johnson. But the main thing that happened is Ryan McDonough was fired and James Jones (laughs) made it a priority for this team to fix the culture. It was clear that James Jones understood that things were backwards in Phoenix. He knew they needed a new practice facility. He knew they couldn't practice under the gym in their basement dungeon they used as a practice facility. He knew 
They needed a coach that the players could rally around, someone with experience, someone who's coached in the playoffs, and someone who's won before. He knew that they needed players to surround Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, who had won in the past. Players who have experience, whether that be college experience, making an NCAA championship with Mikael Bridges, or going further or going far in the tournament like Cameron Johnson. Uh, or someone like Chris Paul. He made one of the most dramatic moves, a move that won him executive of the year. Mind you, the Suns could have ran it back. In fact, half the people listening to this would have liked if they just ran it back after last year. And I know this because I asked on Twitter, and that's exactly what happened. More than half the people that voted on whether or not the Suns should even entertain the idea of trading for Chris Paul and the majority were against it. But James Jones still understood exactly what this team needed, which was another star next to Devin Booker, another leader, someone who could understand exactly what Monty Williams uh, wanted to do as a coach, and look where they are now. An incredible run for a general manager to just turn this team around from a 19-win team to this, to the NBA Finals in two years. Incredible. He guided this team with an... Uh, you need this as a GM, but he guided this team with an uncommon, unusual level of conviction. You always need conviction as a GM, but James Jones, I think, really has proven himself as a cut above in that realm with some of the unpopular moves he's made. Uh, th- uh, this entire run is remarkable to me because so many people are rooting for the Suns now, but it's kind of a slap in the face to so many so many national media members who have given stupid takes about this team over the years. It's also a slap in the face to large sections of NBA Twitter who have routinely crapped on James Jones's transactions for the past couple of years, whether that was uh, trading TJ Warren for cash, the Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre moves, uh, you know, obviously that led to the Chris Paul trade, uh, drafting Cam Johnson, drafting DeAndre Ayton over Luka Doncic even. I mean, there's a million of them. To have it all culminate into an NBA Finals run so soon, uh, Robert Sarver even said this. He was like, I don't think our fans expected it to be so soon. No shit, I didn't expect it to be this soon. <laughs> I, had, I had some level of faith in that, you know, the Suns were going to be a playoff team this year. They were going to build off that. They had young players. But, th- I mean, this is this is crazy, man. This is crazy. Yeah. And as absolutely. good of a shot, now as good of a shot as it gets. We don't even know who the opponent is, but as good of a shot as it gets to capitalize for Devin Booker, for Chris Paul, for all these guys. Yeah, and and we're going to, at some point, Sam and I, once we know who the opponent will be, we're going to preview that, obviously. We'll preview the NBA Finals. We'll talk about what it's going to look like for the Suns and and what they need to do in order to win a title. We're going to be legitimately talking about that. Uh, But these types of games, these closeout games, are where heroes are born. These are the types of things that 20 years from now, in fact, I should say 28 years from now, people tonight are talking about when the Phoenix Suns beat the Seattle Supersonics, by the way, a team that does not even exist anymore, to make it to the NBA Finals the last time they made the Finals. That means 30 years from now, people will remember when Chris Paul had 41 points and 8 assists on his old court. I uh, I never even watched Charles Barkley. I was too young, but I remember. One of the things I know about Charles Barkley is, oh, he had 44 and 24 to close out the Celtics. It's yeah. like the things that survive from generation to generation is in many cases like a, an example of just oral history being passed down. And this is yeah. what's going to survive. This is what's going to survive. Games like this. 
and and Devin Booker obviously another good game took his mask off uh, struggled a little bit after being elbowed in the nose uh, by Paul George but one person I don't want people to forget after tonight Tory Craig who only had three points <laughs> was a plus twenty eight and it was the loudest plus twenty eight the loudest three points that I think you could have. He was he had four offensive rebounds, by the way. Him and DeAndre Ayton combined for nine. It took both of them. Uh, eight rebounds total for him. And guarded Paul George the majority of the time that he was on the floor. Did not let Paul George screen him off of him. He was chasing him around screens with more effort and more energy than anyone else has. An incredible performance by him that may not have even happened without Cameron Johnson being injured. But it was exactly what the Suns needed. The strength advantage that Paul George had all series was now taken away because Torrey Craig was just as strong. And the effort matching that is really what it took for for the Suns to take control of this game. Every minute he was on the floor, his presence was felt. And that's with only scoring three points. A remarkable performance by Torrey Craig. An inspiring performance from yet another guy that the Suns pulled off the scrap heap. Yeah. And, you know, Mikhail Bridges in this game had 24 minutes. Torrey Craig got 31. Just the fact that he was able to will his way into the rotation in such a pivotal game like that. The Suns really stumbled on something that worked on Paul George. That, you know, they had experimented with playing up higher with the help defense on Paul George, trying to show him more bodies early in the shot clock, right? They've experimented with that throughout the series. They had limited success. But in Game 6, the thing that they stumbled on, which turned out to be key, was just better point-of-attack defense with a stronger guy. A stronger guy in Torrey Craig who just stands up tall, plays solid defense, doesn't fall for the east-to-west moves from Paul George, doesn't allow the penetration like Bridges does. Bridges, good in other ways, but... It is what it is. An inspiring performance from Torrey Craig and a perfect example that you cannot just look at a box score and judge NBA players because were it not for Chris Paul with his own inspiring performance of 41 points, I would say Torrey Craig should get the game ball tonight. And he had three points, eight rebounds, and an assist. But that's how good he was. <laughs> a crazy, crazy game for him. And and the effort on the boards is crazy because he... It's not like he's posted up under the basket, boxing out. He flies in from every direction to chase those boards like a maniac. It's it's almost Dennis Rodman-esque in the way that he does it. Obviously, he doesn't have the quite the physical advantage that Dennis Rodman had, who was basically a pogo stick with long arms. Uh, but just flying in there and chasing down those rebounds was, was really, really, really fun to see. And I think it was the type of thing where there's a few possessions early on the game with Torrey Craig guarding Paul George, and then my confidence that the Suns were going to win the game just raises to another level because it's like, okay, they got something figured out here. That's like too obvious for the coaches to even turn down. Uh, so shout out to Torrey Craig. Another guy I want to point out, DeAndre Ayton, we talked about it, probably his worst game of the playoffs was the last uh, game that they played. Still statistically was fine, just the effort, the energy was not there. 19 points uh, in this game. 17 rebounds, including five offensive rebounds, and he was doing exactly what the Suns... I'm sorry, he had 16 points and 17 rebounds, but he was doing exactly what the Suns needed him to do in this game. The effort was there. He was finding ways to get to the rim off the ball and make himself a big enough target so that the Suns could dump the ball off to him underneath the basket. 
He was tipping out rebounds that he couldn't get both of his hands on, so guys like Torrey Craig could come flying in and grab them. Just a really, really good high-energy game from DeAndre Ayton at the right time. And of course, look, we don't even mention this anymore because he just does it every game, but 8 for 10, 80% from the field. It's just what he does. Uh, a really good game by him. Let me uh, take a chance to go back and plug my own propaganda real quick. Um, DeAndre Ayton is having the most efficient for anyone who doesn't follow me on Twitter, hasn't seen this. DeAndre Ayton is having the most efficient, deep playoff run of any player in NBA history. By true shooting percentage, the advanced stat, with a minimum of 500 minutes played. Anyone who's played over 500 minutes. In order to do that, you need to make at least a conference finals. You need to probably be in the top six or seven guys in, in your team's rotation. But still, even kind of filtering out all those sorts of bench players, all those guys who got eliminated in the first round, it's a lot of competition for DeAndre Ayton throughout all of NBA history. And he is, and I'm I'm certain that he still is after tonight, shooting 8 for 10 from the field, has a true shooting percentage above 70% in this year's playoffs. That's the top, the top in NBA history. He has risen to every challenge that the Suns have asked from him. He did it again tonight. I think it was important to note the Suns got him the ball. They looked for him, but they looked for him in ways that suited the flow of the offense and were... A little bit earlier in the shot clock, the pace was amazing tonight. We don't have to get bogged down, I think, with the details of strategy here because it's it's less <laughs> relevant after you win, to be honest. But um, but the pace was better tonight, and I, I thought the Suns were smart about how they looked for DeAndre Ayton in certain ways, not just forcing it to him, dumping the ball necessarily, but an incredible run. In case you're curious, but Mike, the um, other top five guys there that I listed mm -hmm. for most efficient playoff runs of all time. It was LeBron James in 2014, Al Horford Jesus. in 2017, Kevin McHale, 1988, and Kevin Durant with the Warriors in 2017, and then DeAndre Ayton. People try to downplay this guy by saying that he's getting the vast majority of his shots at the rim. I can tell you right now there is a very easy way you can debunk that clear bullshit argument it's because if it was so easy to be a finisher on the level of what deandre ayton has given us in the 2021 playoffs other finishers would have done this before yeah they haven't go look I mean, at any team in nba right. history they haven't right i think you that the, the guys you can point out sort of that play like that that are that efficient deandre jordan for example had never met those marks if deandre jordan can't do it then it's definitely not easy and DeAndre tyson jordan, chandler Tyson Another Chandler, guy, yeah, exactly, can't do He's, it. And then, and 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 on top of that, you look at guys like a DeAndre uh, Jordan, Tyson Chandler, Rudy Gobert, for that matter. A, a modern comparison, we've seen these players are not what Aiton is. Aiton is a more skilled player than that. He broke down small ball today with multiple post ups in the first quarter to get the offense going for the Suns. Mm -hmm. um, he at at just twenty two years old is a is a tremendous talent. And he's a limited player in some ways. I'm not afraid to continue to say that he's a limited player in some ways. Yeah. But what is so important that, that we try to do at least is talk about the ways that you can set up the best situations for him. He's a, he's a great player. He's a great player with a fantastic skill set. You have to still optimize that skill set. And, and I'm really impressed with the way Monty Williams has done that this season. Chris Paul, Devin Booker as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Devin Booker is in the NBA Finals. <laughs> I mean, I just want to reiterate that. Devin Booker, the guy who they said did not affect winning, the the guy who they said, is he a good player? Uh, a looter in a riot, if you will. Empty someone stats. should get Someone should get Bomani Jones suspended off Twitter tonight. Not a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> if, they haven't, if they haven't tried it already. A uh, Lou nah. Williams type. <laughs> Uh, is now in the NBA Finals, arguably the best player on his team. Um, he was incredible before his nose was broken in three places. Now, I, that clearly affected his game. The stats before that were remarkable, including his first triple-double uh, that he's ever gotten. And obviously the nose, the broken nose helped. And this is another, re- or hurt him, I should say, but this is another reason why it was so important for the Suns to close this out as early as possible as much time as possible in order for them to heal before this game. Now, that could be Chris Paul's wrist, which apparently was a problem. Cameron Payne's ankle, which clearly limited him in the rest of the series. And now Devin Booker's nose. But just thinking about, I've seen, I can, I'm pretty confident in saying that I've seen maybe every Devin Booker game he's ever played, minus one, maybe two. How do you feel just thinking about the idea that Devin Booker is now in the NBA Finals? Yeah, it's val- it's more validation. Everything about this team, Mike, is it's just validation. They said he couldn't do it, and now here, here he is. I, I want to quickly bridge it, just because you mentioned those other guys, to the topic of this entire team battling. Chris Paul, we heard about his wrist. Campaign with his ankle. Devin Booker with his nose. DeAndre Ayton, how about the shots he took tonight to his head, Yeah, to his eye? Cam Johnson, some some sickness. I hope he's you know back and healthy soon. Non COVID related, but he was held out tonight. Um, you can't say that this team hasn't faced challenges. I'm not naive enough to to not understand what's going on here. Kawhi Leonard was a, a massive guy to miss for the Clippers for an entire series. Jamal Murray for the Nuggets. Uh, Anthony Davis in in spurts for the Lakers. I'm I'm not naive to deny that those are you know it's logic. But the Suns have faced quite a bit of adversity as well. These guys are banged up. They've all taken hits. Um, Devin Booker, chief among them with that nose. Uh, when Paul George swiped through, clipped his nose with his elbow, um, and he was he was on the ground in pain tonight, I couldn't even imagine. I, I couldn't even imagine what that feels like for him to play without the mask. So these guys are persevering in their own way. Um, and, and just to go back to your original question, what does it feel like for Devin Booker to, to finally be here? I mean, I frankly thought that there was a good chance that I could devote my entire fucking life to following this team and they would never get this far because that's (laughs) I'm serious I'm so serious because 
no one wants to admit that that's a possibility. I mean, look at the look at all the Cubs fans. To make, I know you hate baseball. Look at all the Cubs fans that died waiting around. Timberwolves fans. There are Clippers. so. Think about how yeah. the Clippers have been on the doorstep. Yeah, let's not times. let's not let's not push them while they're down. Um, but uh, <laughs> they're not they, listening. There are there are so many fan bases who just they never even make it this far. They don't. And to devote so much time and energy into following Devin Booker's career, defending him from from the haters, and then to see it culminate into this is something special. It's an experience that I'll never forget. Job ain't done. I feel yep. like I have to. I feel like I have to add that into the Look, last sentence of everything to... I say. Job ain't done because I'm not trying to jinx anything right now. But but it's it's special. It's special. If you can't take this moment to celebrate this, then then when can you? Right. We have some time. It's not like the NBA Finals start tomorrow. It's a good time to enjoy this. The fireworks were going off in my neighborhood immediately after the buzzer over and over and over again. So many that I thought maybe it was coming from the arena for a second there, but no, it was just my neighbors. Having a good time. Uh, so shout out to them. While Chris Paul was going on his run, Patrick Beverly went out in the most pathetic way you could possibly go out. It was almost Andrew Bynum-esque. I don't know if people remember this, but uh, when the Lakers were being eliminated by the Mavericks, the last sort of Cinderella run in the Western Conference, Andrew Bynum just shoved... J.J. Barea midair when J.J. Barea was killing them over and over and over again. The difference is, thank God, it wasn't midair. Patrick Beverly just shoved Chris Paul out of nowhere after Chris Paul made maybe his fourth or fifth shot in a row. That was super weird and a, a really sad and pathetic way uh, for a player to go out. And I, and I get worried, right? There are times in these elimination games, and this was our third one, by the way, bizarre, um, that we're talking about the third time where the Suns had the chance, fourth really, uh, to defeat a team. Uh, I get worried about injuries. I get worried that the players are going to do something dumb. And I guess it's no surprise that it came from Patrick Beverly, but that was a really sad moment. I think uh, a really bad way for the, for the Clippers to go out. I, th- I mean, Patrick Beverly's already a villain and basically everyone hates him in the NBA, but I think it's a moment that's just revealing of his character and is going to follow him for the rest of his career. Simple yeah. as that. You know, this guy revealing who he truly is, that he is a front runner, and that is all he is. Remember, I, I can't remember who it was that um, accused Jay Crowder of being a front runner early in the season, in the regular season. Do you do you remember what I'm talking um, about? I don't remember. Patrick Beverly is a front runner. That's all he is. This was a crucial moment for his team to play competitive basketball and try to get back on track at a moment in the game where they still had a chance, and he revealed who he is, and that's who yeah. he's always been. And for all the people who try and, and change the narrative on Patrick Beverly and defend him and, and say, oh, the, he's a smart player, you want a Patrick Beverly on your team because of his competitive spirit, I mean, that's what you're co-signing on. Yeah. Just a bullshit front runner. Yeah, that's all he is. I, we don't have to devote any other energy no, <coughs> it's, to it's that just guy. Was a, but. It's, it's one of those things that you'll remember from this game as well because it was so bizarre. It came during a... A timeout and completely like a, a a pretty hard shove from behind. Chris Paul completely not expecting it. It was bizarre. How confident were you this that the Suns were going to win when Dario Saric made his second three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that was awesome. Dario played here eight minutes tonight and plus eight. I mean, yeah, I thought it was. I just thought it was a really good sign that Dario could come in and they didn't lose those minutes from that moment on. It's yeah. that it, you know I wasn't guaranteeing anything i think actually the bigger thing in the first half was before chris paul caught fire um 
Torrey Craig played good defense on, on Paul George all game, but kind of the story of the first half to me actually was Jay Crowder hitting big shots. Yeah. Um, remember in our pregame yeah. spaces, I forget, I forget who it was. I always forget who it is. So I'm sorry if you happen to be listening, but someone was asking us um, about how Jay Crowder had just shot one for 10 from deep in his last few games. Was he going to step up tonight? And I said, is, he's a, as bipolar a character as it gets like one for 10 from deep coming into a game like this is precisely the moment when a guy like Jay Crowder would step up. He shot five for nine from deep tonight. And for all the adjustments that the Suns made, him making those big shots, I think he had three or four threes in just the first half alone, kept the Suns in the game at a time when, you know, it was far from over. They hadn't run away with it yet. Chris Paul had not caught fire yet. So he was huge. Um, 19 points overall on the night for Jay. Yeah. Big game. Huge, huge, huge game. Before the game, I, I said it to you, and I said it in our spaces, and then I said it again on Twitter. We need a Jay Crowder game. <laughs> we just need one of those games where he just hits shots it's almost inexplicably. One of them, I would say, was that. Uh, it was sort of a bailout from Mikael Bridges with Marcus Morris closing out on Jay Crowder that just hit the bottom of the net and nothing else. And, of course, Jay Crowder fell because that's what he does. Um, didn't get a single one of those calls in this game, but a really, really great game for him, particularly in that first half. And every bit of it, I think, was needed because momentum for these types of games are always, it's always huge. It's a huge thing to have the right momentum. Um, I don't know that you have anyone else particularly that you want to talk about before I move on to something else here. I guess, you know, Jalen Smith had a dunk. <laughs> it's kind of cool. But right now, the Eastern Conference Finals is 2-2. Giannis uh, hyperextended his knee, and apparently it's not no ACL tear damage, apparently, but uh, but an injury, nonetheless. A, a sad injury, something that made me genuinely sad. Uh, but now it's tied, and it's sort of up in the air, right? I, I was pretty confident that the Bucks were going to win before that. I thought the Hawks could take them to six or even seven, but I was pretty confident the Bucks were going to win. There's no guarantee. In fact, Giannis might be back. He might be back by the finals. If they make the finals, he might be back in this series. I, I doubt he'll play the next game. But just looking at those two teams in their current state, Trey Young didn't play the last game. Giannis hyperextended his knee. At this point, which of those two teams would you rather face in the NBA Finals? Um, well, so I'll point out, yeah, hyperextended knee for Giannis, and it's a bone bruise for Trey, right? Right. Do we, have a, we don't have a timetable on him no it either. seems like they seem to be pretty confident that he was going to come back in the next game but it uh, these these types of reports in the playoffs are they're always gaming something or other it's it's impossible to know what's real and what's smoke so i'll say with all sincerity first that um i it was a massive gut punch to me when Giannis went down it affected me in a way that was a little bit different than these other guys not that i ever root for injuries with anyone but you know it was different when you're going into a denver series and jamal murray's already been out for three months so you know what you're you know what to prepare for it was different when uh anthony davis goes down frankly in the lakers series but chris paul has has been hurt as well and you don't necessarily i mean it's an advantage you understand it's an advantage but you know it's it, it was a little bit different with Giannis. um yeah. i yeah. i'm hoping here here's what i'm hoping chiefly among everything else is that whoever the suns play whether it's atlanta or milwaukee i hope that trey young is back i hope that Giannis is back I hope that we get a good series at full strength between two teams in which the league has a true chance to showcase an influx of fabulous new talent, new talent under the age of, of 25 or 26. 
um, and and give a strong ratings showing. Not that you know we have to defend the ratings. Um, and and if this doesn't happen, a ring is still a ring, a banner is still a banner. It does put the Suns in a little bit of a lose lose situation, though. <laughs> if that happens, you understand where. Like if they theoretically were to, I mean, it it just doesn't feel quite as satisfying, frankly. Yeah. There's, there's no, just, I, there's, I totally there's something, there's something about it. A, a ring is a ring. A banner is a banner. You can't take away what the, what this Suns team has gone through. In 10 years, no one will remember or even give a shit. But there is going to be something more satisfying about beating a team with Giannis at full strength or beating a team even with Trey at full strength because yeah. I, I believe the Suns match up well against both of those teams regardless of who's playing. If everyone is at full strength, I believe the Suns match up very well with either the Bucks or the Hawks. I'd be happy to play both, and I think it would be a good... I, I can't guarantee it's going to be clean for an entire series. You play a seven-game series with anyone, and eventually, you know, the fan bases start hating each other. Look at what happened with us in Denver. Uh, you know, I said before that series that I love Denver, and then inevitably stuff happens. But I, I just think it would be a, a good series. Good series for the league either way. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm rooting for. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing to think about the prospect of either of those teams. The, the Bucks clearly have more talent, in my opinion, and uh, but they have a worse coach. And <laughs> the Hawks have less talent but a better coach, so it's just kind of interesting you know, whether or not... I'm not going to count either Trey Young or Giannis out. I assume that both of them will do their best to play, and at that point, you're, you're playing against those guys, regardless of what you think that their health is going to be. Uh, but... I, I just have to say quickly, I just don't I just don't give a shit about people trying to discount this NBA finals. No, no, no. Uh, and neither do I. Neither do yeah, I. Yeah. I know it's, you don't. I, I just want to just quickly just say it. For Lakers fans, you know, they're saying, Well, Anthony Davis was injured. Well, that's that comes with the price, right? Yeah. You have Anthony Davis on your team. There's a good chance that he's gonna be injured in the playoffs if you have Anthony Davis on your team. He's a often injured player. The, the Suns have Chris Paul. There's always a chance that Chris Paul was going to be injured in this in in this playoffs and in fact he was he couldn't dribble in multiple games against the Lakers and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he had covid he couldn't even play multiple games the idea that you can you can just say that these injuries are not part of it they are that's the price of admission when you get somebody like Anthony Davis i just don't care Jamal Murray, it's unfortunate. Yes, I feel bad. And and look, maybe some of these injuries are because of the condensed schedule, but that's the same schedule that the Phoenix Suns played with, and being healthy at the end of the season matters, and they are. And and look, I don't care. Ten years from now, people won't care about what, anything if the Suns win, win the ring or whoever, whatever team wins the ring. But people trying to discount it now, you know what they wouldn't be doing if their team was in it? Trying to discount it. It all has to do with their own personal expectations. And let's just say this. If people who are not fans of these teams, people who are not fans of the Lakers, are discounting this because of what they expected, what they wanted to happen because of their expectations based on the Lakers, that completely discounts the prospect of something unexpected happening. The whole idea of sports is that something unexpected could happen, and that's what makes it fun. And if people who write about the league or cheer for the league try to discount any unexpected thing from happening, then they just don't like sports. Yeah, or they're ju- they're just stupid people. Um, I I think you know the CBA exists for a reason too. You were talking about the Lakers. It's like build a decent team and don't just coast on star talent. This is why depth is important. Everyone always tries to act like depth isn't important. Well, guess what? It is. <laughs> it's like I don't I don't feel bad about it for one second. And 
it's I, but it's it's very important that I can balance the points, right? Like I can understand that the Suns have been dealt a good hand here because I think let's just be honest, they have been, but I still don't care. I mean, in 05, the Suns got an unlucky break, Joe Johnson. 06, the Suns got an unlucky break, Amari Stoudemire. 07, the Suns got an unlucky break with the Horiap check and those suspensions. We can make up, we can play the narrative game too. It's been going on for 50 years. This is our if, turn. If Chris Paul and, and I really his think hamstring, he would have beaten the Warriors with Kevin Durant. Not to go all full Jeff Van Gundy also for a second, because look, I'm not, I'm not a boomer, I'm a kid, but I, I do think social media has warped uh us our brains it's turned our brains into mush a little bit when it comes to this stuff because it's just either we're spending too much time online or too many people are just navigating online to post bullshit because there's there's just more of this every year it seems like there's more of this like i remember one of the first series when i was a when i was a kid a few years into following basketball 2008 the eventual champion boston celtics got taken to seven games in the first round by a 37 win hawks team Mm-hmm. What do you think people would say about that if there was social media today? There's stuff like this happens every year. There are always yeah. going to be detractors, naysayers, who try to detract from what these teams are are capable of accomplishing. But but does anyone remember? I mean, I just told you, I bet 5% of you maybe remember that series that I just brought up, Boston and Atlanta. Do you remember anything about that Boston team now other than, oh, that was a good team, Paul Pierce, Ray <laughs> Allen, KG. They won a ring. That's all that survives 10 yeah. or 15 years from now. Yeah. That's all that will survive I remember the all of the most finals. exciting playoff moments from that run. That's basically all I remember. I remember this series against the Chicago Bulls. I remember things like that. I, I don't, yeah, exactly. In fact, the Warriors won a championship against just LeBron James. No Kevin Love, no Kyrie Irving. Like, and then who thinks about that now? It does not matter. Uh, it definitely does not matter. Very soon, very soon, we will know who the Suns are facing. At least two more games because it's 2-2. So it's at least going to go six, uh, possibly seven. And then we will preview the NBA Finals. Sam, there will be a timeline NBA Finals preview podcast. How bizarre is that? You know what we did? The playoffs started and you messaged me and you said, hey, I think we should do a, a podcast after every playoff game. And I was like, yeah, cool. That sounds great. That sounds great. And look, and look at us now. In the You're, back of my you, head, can I just be slept, honest? You haven't slept in months. <laughs> I sleep. Yeah, I'm I'm fucked. Uh, <laughs> in, if I'm being honest, in the back of my head, when I floated that idea, I was like, "Yeah, let's do a podcast after every game. That's good. That'll like you know, let's let's connect with people a little bit more. It's just the narratives move too fast to try and cover everything once a week. And hey, we'll get bounced in the second round anyway, or something. <laughs> the way this team is going, probably like even the idea at the beginning of the playoffs, the notion of making just the Western Conference Finals was this enormous idea in my head. And the fact that now we're even farther than that is insane. It's insane. I'll just say this last thing. Thank you to everyone who's who's been listening to this podcast. Genuinely, thank you. Because uh, look, to be honest, it takes a lot of work, um, sometimes more than others. Uh, depending on the week. Um, but, you know, Sam and I take a lot of our time out of our schedule to do this, and, and we just appreciate you guys uh, for sticking with us throughout this run. It's been really fun to cover this team, and, and to be honest, the fact that they made the NBA Finals, if they somehow pull this thing off and they win, it'll be a fun thing for me. We'll retire. To get, guarantee it. <laughs> it'll be a Here's fun your thing guarantee for me. right now. Mike will leave <laughs> and never come back. 
it would be fun to go back and listen to these episodes later where Sam and I are freaking out uh, on a week-to-week basis over the team that made the NBA Finals. But uh, yeah, shout out to you guys. We'll be back very, very soon. What is it about these guys? What is it about these this team that you said, Phoenix, I want Phoenix? It was a lot of things. Willie Green, my brother, James Jones, we worked at the Union together. Coach Monty, I played for him already. But the big reason was the light-skinned guy right here, number one, Devin Booker. Well, Devin Booker, he is a dog. Go get it, Book. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.